Hello and welcome to Quadrants of Mental Health. This is our third episode and I have a special guest in the studio this evening. I always want to try to bring guests on. He is a former client of mine of maybe seven, eight years ago and we have developed a relationship over the years but we're going to start at the beginning and we're going to call him John. It's not his real name but we're going to call him John and we'll let John talk and, and um. You know, I want you to just really start at the beginning for you. Before you met me, what did your life look like and where were you before we met? Uh, well, before we met, I was locked up in a juvenile, um, doing a lot of stuff in the street. Um, How long were you there? At the, at the uh, James I was River. At, I was at five months. I got out early. Oh, you were there? You had been there for five months? Yeah, I got out early for uh, good behavior. Okay. Um, So I got out like a month early. Yeah, you got out right around your birthday. Nah, was I got January out, after I got birthday. in August. August. Okay, yeah. okay. That's right. It was August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got out in yeah. August uh, 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it's been about 10 years now. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies, man. Yeah. Time flies, you yeah. know. And um, so you were, what were you doing at that time? Were you in high school, um, graduated, or what were you doing? At the, at the time before I had got locked up, um, I got my GED while I was locked up at James River. Uh, before that, I was, I was in like the 10th grade. I had a few uh, 11th grade classes and stuff like that. Failed once. Um, let's see. What was school like for you? Did you like it at all? You enjoyed it, or I just... enjoyed school, but it was just not challenging enough for me. Okay, um, they had me in remedial classes, uh, which just made me finish my work faster than everybody. Truancy mm -hmm. um, issues? Nah. Going to school? You went I to school always, every day? I always went to school unless I was suspended. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. A lot of suspensions, or a lot. A lot of suspended. I, so I, what did you do to get locked up that last time? Because were you in the post D program? To my knowledge, or was it um, was it the post D yeah, program? Yeah, it was okay. the post dispositional program. Okay, okay. Um, to my knowledge, it was curfew. It was a violation okay. of probation. Right. Um, I still to this day don't know what I was doing to break the curfew. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, they they gave me the post D program in about March. Of 2010, that's, okay. that's when I had uh, um, just just got it. Uh, they tried to commit me to the state, send me upstate for like a year and some change. Yeah, yeah. So that's usually what happens um, after you finish that program. If you violate again, yeah, then they send you up state with right. more time, more time, and they can yeah. keep you in up up until you're 21. If 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 the charges yeah, depending is depending on bad. the charges, yeah. yeah. But, so you were what 16, 17. 17, Seventeen when we yeah. met. Seventeen. Yeah, we were you were about seventeen. Okay. Um, so do you remember the day we met and yeah. where you were? What, what, where were you at that time? I was actually in a good place. Okay. Um I, I was You were in James River, but you mean you're in a good place yeah, mentally. mentally. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. I was um I was reading a lot. Um and the type of books I was already reading. I I'm not too big on the uh the fictional stuff. I was reading a lot of textbooks, history, studying math, because uh, I had finished school while I was in there, so I was still uh, studying stuff like that. Um, 
self-help books. I have read The Secret. That really jump-started okay. my life. Okay. And I read that, like, right before I got out. So, like, yeah. I was manifesting almost immediately as yeah. soon as I came out. I think that was, was our connection right yeah. there because I started talking about that book. Right. Yeah, amongst other things, okay? But, you know, one of the things I remember about you was your really, really low or lack of trust for people. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not going to just say it was me. I didn't take it personal because yeah. I knew that's where you were. But because no matter what I said to you, if you didn't believe me, you would call one of my supervisors and ask them, <laughs> is this true? You remember that? <laughs> All the time. Oh, man. yeah. I know. Every time that, you man. tell me something, uh, you're going to do something or something is this or something is oh, that. Oh, I can't do this. Yeah. I just make sure <clears throat> he ain't, you know, yeah. BSing me. Right, right, right. What what put you in that state? What what happened to make you get there? Because something occurred. Um, I would say you know, I would was say it someone when, another counselor you had before yeah, that? Yeah, I would say it was um when my grandmother died. Um, that was really the only person to show me t any type of love. Mm -hmm. So when she died, they sent me to a comfort zone camp. Comfort, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I did that, and I had a counselor there, and mm -hmm. he told me that he was gonna keep in contact, and um, everything was gonna just flow good I, I liked them we had a good connection so I thought um uh I finished it I think it lasted for like a week mm -hmm. something like that so mm -hmm. I finished that and um you know I go back home and you know we talked on the phone maybe a couple times and the first week that I was home he told me that you know we'd go bowling go out uh get something to eat spend some time talk um, that never happened. I talked to him the second week, um, made another promise and didn't show up. And after that, he stopped calling and I stopped calling too. Cause I, at that point I was just like, forget right. it. how old were you when this happened? Uh, I had to be maybe like 10, 10. Yeah. Okay. Like 10. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that lack of relationship and lack of trust it carried on into future relationships. Um, I think that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to step out on a limb. I think that we've grown beyond that now, whereas I've proven myself um, yeah. to be trustworthy, you know, and I will say that emphatically primarily because I'm the godfather of your two children now. Yeah. You know, That's and, something uh, I, take and I was there when they were both born. Right. You really, know. Amari, though. Yeah, Amari. Well, I wasn't there when she was born. Was I in the you, room? You, I um, came. You came right after she right, popped out. Right, right, right. Neither one of us expected her to push her out yeah. in 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I knew I was there when they were both born, but I I, I don't remember being in the room with her because... Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that's a whole nother level. Ball game. We we've been knowing each other for ten years, so I'm trying to condense and, and and move through a process with this because we're dealing with mental health issues. Um, so here you are, you got your GED while you're in jail, um, lack of trust, even with me coming in with a new process. What did you think about the things that I was teaching you and talking to you about as far as fear, stress, and trauma, and dealing with those things from a mental health perspective? Uh well, being, had you heard it before? Or yeah, was, I mean, I was I was studying psychology okay, and stuff okay. like that, so okay. I knew exactly what you were talking about. It mm -hmm. wasn't hard to grasp, right? So, right. um, so I pretty caught on pretty quick, right? And I didn't. My approach wasn't to to monitor or ma you know try to behavior manage you. We was looking at the this the emotional side of you and and trying to help you to to grow beyond that, you know, yeah, because... giving me skills right. to deal with the trauma. Because the trauma, and you had a lot of it. 
Yeah. You know, we didn't even discuss all of it, but you know, even now you're still growing through some trauma, the things that you've just in, in, in heard of. But, um, back then I think a, a lot of it had to do with around your grandmother mm-hmm. and what happened to her and how your life changed Yeah, from yeah, that exactly. one, that life event. It was, it was dramatic for you. What, what were some of the things that happened when she passed? Um, far as affection, any type of love that went out the window and it was over with, it was quiet. Um, the, the man that raised me, our relationship is not even a relationship. Um, now, the only time he, even, even then, then, even okay. then it's okay. never been anything. The only time he talked to me is if he yelling at me or telling me to come eat. Right. And that'll be the only time. That's the only time. Yeah. That'll be the only time. Okay. Um, now, I do know some things about that relationship, too, in that he, he kind of crippled you in a lot of ways because he really didn't teach you yeah. a lot of things. He, he just tried to did it. Do, yeah, he tried to do everything, man. He was he was paying my phone bill even after I, you know, turned 18 and everything. You know, I'm still washing my clothes. Wouldn't even teach me how to use a, a washer and dryer. Didn't teach me, wouldn't even teach me how to drive. And he honestly one of the best drivers that I even know. He could drive anything that got wheels. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't teach you how to wouldn't drive. Wouldn't even teach me. Cursed me out because I asked him. Wow. Told me to shut the F up and all type of other things. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, I, I still call him Pop. Yeah. You know, I've been I knowing him Pop a long too. time. You know, I've been knowing him a long time. I'm going to give him that much respect, you know, because, yeah. you know, um, reality is, you know, regardless of the other parts of the relationship, you know, I would say it's more ambivalent. And, and from his perspective, he's in and out. He's really distant from you. But at the end of the day, he still provided a roof. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he provided the food, water, and shelter for and, you. And one other thing I would say he provided, he provided me with what, uh, what I didn't want to be. What do you mean? Um, like I've seen a lot of negative behavior, a lot of things uh, that just I felt like wasn't right for humans to do to other humans and instead of adopting it uh probably the only thing that i adopted was the anger and mm. everything else was like nah i don't want to be like that okay and so i really chose a different route at a young age when it came down how i deal with people right 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 but it's still you still had that anger in you oh yeah and you still had that temper Oh yeah, okay. always. That temper was there, and it you, was always you, you battling with it. You know, I'm not gonna let you or you know shortcut yourself because you know I don't want people to think that you've arrived and you're perfect. You know, because we know it's a process. Oh yeah, you know, and and this process is can be life life changing, but it's it's a it's a journey. You know, so you you do have certain milestones that you're gonna hit along the way. You know. Um, so the next episode, I think we, I was working at a different agency. The time ended with me working with you. Yeah, it was about three months. Yep. We worked together for about three months, but what happened? Uh, well, after that, we pretty much got in business together um, and just kept the relationship going. You were reading books? Reading books, um, going to the, uh, the leadership stuff. Learning leadership skills, reading mm-hmm. leadership things. You met um, John Maxwell, mm-hmm. was exposed and to Coach him and, his, and Coach K, and you know, so you did things 
that you were exposed to things that was, I would say, not of the street level. Yeah, it was totally but, different. But it was like, if you got a good, my, my process was, if you have a good street hustle, let's, let's try to legitimize that and put it in a business model that can work for you. You know, right. because one of the things that I realized and recognized in you early on was Jonathan will probably never be able to work for somebody. <laughs> yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Jonathan needs to be in business for himself. And we still there. I okay. The kind of person. Okay. Because you could get a job. Oh, yeah. You know, but keeping a job was a different animal, you know, and a lot yeah. of people can get jobs. But when you see a person get a job, quit a job, get a job, quit a job, that tells me up front that there are some barriers mm -hmm. and there's a need for this person to really become an entrepreneur more so than just getting another job. Mm -hmm. Because you're not gaining any life skills by getting jobs, getting jobs and, and working minimum wage jobs. Whereas if you put yourself in a, in a venue that, you know, you can become an entrepreneur and you can learn different skill sets and meet different people. Right. You know, that was, that was the thing. So, um, your son was born. He's four now, right? Yeah. He'll be, He'll be five, five in October, October, October yeah. 4th. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And your daughter was born what a year later, two years later, about 16 months, 16 months later. Yeah. Okay. Just enough time for her to heal up. Now I want to back up a little bit because I don't want people to think that you, um, just had these kids. You got married first. I was engaged when uh, she was pregnant with Amari, right. and by the time Afia was born, we were already married. Y'all were married. Yes, yeah. yes. So we you were do have a wife for about a year. Yes, and I met her before you got married. Um, right. Was was in both of y'all lives, and there was still some challenges there for you. What what were some of the challenges you face? Um maneuvering through that relationship piece and, and deciding to stay with this person with her. Yes. Uh, like what, uh, what made me want to stay with her and get no, married. No, no, I'm just saying some of the relationship challenges that you face because you bring something to the relationship. She brings something to the relationship mm -hmm. and not all of it's good all the time. Um, you know, I will say the challenges, um, was how shut off and, uh, non-communicative she was she was yeah okay and how were you um i was very verbal uh big on communication i'm a talker that's what i need to be set at ease um because anything could anything could happen i'll be fine with that but if we can't talk about it then now we get into the realm of the anger right 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 now also let's let's go back a little bit because prior to um getting married and having two children and the wife. Um, I've always told you that I was a Christian and right. I believe. Okay. Where were you at when we first met um, with spirituality? Definitely was not a Christian. No, nah, I wasn't a Christian, but I was, um, no, nah, I was, when we first uh, talked, I was still trying to practice it. It was, it was just really hard practicing, uh, uh, being a part of a, a religion uh, with the type of mindset that I have, you know, I'm a kind of person that likes to question things in order to figure it out. And um, the churches and pastors that I ran into, they would stumble and fumble with the questions that I would ask and just tell me that I'm just supposed to be blind about my faith and just trust and not question anything. And I 
I didn't do that, did I? Nah, and you actually told me that it tells you to question right in the Bible and before I even figured that out, I knew I was like, nah, something ain't right about that. Mm-hmm. I knew someone right and that that is what created a distance with Christianity. Right. Um, I mean, I remember one time you were at my house with another pastor friend of mine and we were talking about Christianity being a way of life and Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And what happened? You remember that? Oh, I, I got out of there. You left. I said, All right, I'll catch y'all later. You packed up. Y'all and doing left. too much. <laughs> yeah, and we just like the conversation, we were looking at each other like, what happened? Jonathan was gone. Yeah, I was out of there. You know. But, you know, through going to conferences and, and meeting business people and hearing their belief system. And then I remember numerous times of, you know, you and I on the phone and you're asking me questions and I'm just giving you the answers to mm-hmm. the best of my ability. I wasn't running from you. I wasn't trying to, oh, no, no, you know, no. it was like, this is this is what I believe. This is what and I'm trying to show you in scripture where what I'm saying is true. Uh, we even talked about the Quran. We've talked about mm-hmm. everything. So all type of religions. Right. So and I think everybody should be able to do that if you are strong in your faith then you should be able to be a witness or a testimony and, to that. And see, that's the, what I think the issue is, because when people be Christians or, they, you know, they practice a faith, they only read one book. Well, I don't do it. that. Yeah. And they think they know it all. Yeah. Now, now, because of where you were and having a wife and kids, um, I do know that you guys had started going to a church for a while. What yeah. happened? What happened with that? Um. It was it was it was really good, you know. I mean, I felt at home. Um, I s- still wasn't trying to really be a Christian. I was. Were you not trying to be a Christian or not trying to be in the church? I was trying to be two in, separate things. I was trying to be in the church and be a part of um, like the that type of family okay. type of thing because okay. that's the type of thing that I seen was going on. And um, I wasn't trying to practice the faith. I was trying to, you know, read the Bible, study it, and, you know, take away whatever I needed to take away from it uh, in a positive way to make me a better person and to help me treat other people better. But I wasn't in the, I, and I told them this, I wasn't in the business of believing in Jesus or even walking in the faith in the way that you guys do. That's mm. just not what I'm here for. Okay. And, um, you know, as time grew, I started reading more. Um, what, what did you read? The Bible. Oh, okay. I started reading the Bible differently than I did um, when I was a child and stuff right. like that. Right, right. And different things spoke out to me. Um, and I ended up getting locked up. And that's when I really started reading in a whole different way. I had met a guy that opened my eyes to the Bible in a different way. And... Um, when I read that, I was still in contact with a few brothers uh, from the church. They were making false promises, saying they was going to come see me. Never showed up. Um, and when I started asking them questions about the things they were doing in the church that the Bible say don't do, you know, um, they were standoffish. And, you know, I, I challenged really everybody that I came in contact with because, I mean, if we're supposed to be walking this faith, I mean, we got to do it the right way. And if we're not, then... You know, I'm going to check you. Right. And um, it got to a point where I walk into church, you know, from the beginning, it was all love, handshakes, hugs, everything. And then, you know, months later down the line, they'll walk right past me like they don't even know me. Wouldn't even acknowledge my existence. Right. Even in, you mean in the church? In the church. Wouldn't wow. even acknowledge my So how did that make ex- you feel when they did those things? Um, I didn't, I didn't feel a way 
because it was typical. That's oh, what so happened. Kind of expected. It. Yeah, when when somebody's faith is weak, a non-believer shakes their faith. Mm-hmm. Or or but I, I look at myself as a non-believer. That's mm-hmm. why somebody would look at me. Um, and but I also would read and study. So. I'm going to ask you questions about it. Right. You know, and you're supposed to ask questions. Yeah. And my viewpoints about a lot of things is different than the average individual. And Mm -hmm. that make people uncomfortable if their faith isn't strong. Right. Right. Okay. So, so dealing with the spiritual part of us, because, you know, when um, I will, let me back up a little bit too. Um, We could jump around. I could, I could see that. I'm okay with that. Um, You and your wife started taking my class. Mm, parents uh, the parenting class. class, parent education and support group. You were attending that and learning some skill sets prior to the children. Even I mean, Amari was in the in the baby seat. Yeah, when um, yeah when I was coming, him, yeah, yeah with yeah. bringing him to the class. And um, so my I said one of my main mantras is as a parent, your number one job is what self care, mm-hmm. mind, body, spirit. That's what I used to teach. Yeah, a lot. mind, body, spirit. I've recently added finances to it because I see the stress essential. level that um, finances add to families and to individuals yeah. when they when they don't mind their own business, um, take care of their money as well. You know, so I'm now saying mind, body, spirit, and finances. But of those three, I'm going to say my opinion: the spirit man I think should be number one. Should be the focus. Should be the first. You know, even though I say mind, body, spirit. Um, understanding the spiritual part of us and growing spiritually is a part of our journey as well. Yeah, definitely. Because you can't have, if you have a four-legged chair and you cut one of the legs off of it, it's going to be some very uncomfortable sitting. Yeah. You might be able to balance it for a while, but after a while it's going to really start to irritate you. Or you might not be sitting at all. Exactly. Depending upon your balance, your ability to balance. Um, So spiritually growing is a process. Mm -hmm. Developing your mind process, body process, Working on your body process, even getting your finances together is all process driven. And I tell people all the time, change occurs through process. Process will dictate the outcome. Mm -hmm. So if I have a spiritual process or or a love-based process, then my outcome is going to be love-based. You know, with your children, um, I was with you, I think it was last weekend, and you were telling me how majority of people who when they meet your children they say how well behaved they are Mm -hmm. and you know and they're what four and two four and three four and three four and three and a lot of that you attributed to the the things that you learned through the class and reading the books and and doing things on your own it it is try fail and adjust nobody's gonna be perfect the first time and i would say 100 percent that that helped me out a lot because if it wasn't for that class i didn't know nothing right because how I was raised was the total opposite. And exactly. You Me know what too. I'm saying? Me so. too. And you don't want to raise your children yeah. the way you were raised. Exactly. Because like I say, what's not transformed. It's transferred. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we want to transform ourselves so that we can, won't make that transfer to our children. Because if we if, you know, grew up in dysfunction, you know what I'm saying? I don't want my kids to be dysfunctional. Right. So I need to learn a new way. So I think the class really did help you guys. And it came at the right time. Perfect. And one of the challenges that you, you will always face is, you know, especially with your wife and you, is you're not going to always be on the same page at the same time. Whereas you can hear something and get it and move with it. She may have to process a little while. So, you know, a lot of times with, with couples, 
they want to say, well, we need to do this together. No, not necessarily. Yeah, and I, you I had do to learn what that. you need to do for your children, and yeah. the other parent either going to get it or they're not going to get yeah, it. Yeah, I stagnated myself a lot, right? Trying to wait for her because I move at an incredibly faster rate, right? And re- and it's nothing wrong with that, right? Right. But you also have to give that other person the space and time to come to that realization yeah. on their own. And a lot of it goes back to what we model for them. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I remember in, in the past, it used to frustrate you a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, it used to frustrate you a lot. That anger would show up because she didn't get it when you got it. But don't everybody get it at the same time? Yeah. I used to, I just used to, you know, growing up, not talking to people and stuff like that and, you know, not being in too interactive man i just i just thought everybody thought like me like you know everybody was intelligent you know i didn't never think anybody was you know right would have a learn unless they have a learning disability right and 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 that was a challenge for me even in school too you know because i had a photographic memory so i thought everybody had a photographic memory yeah you know and and when i'm sitting in class and listening to people talk you know, I just saw that. Didn't you just see? They said, no, I didn't get it. You know, so, you know, it humbled me back then, you know, but yeah. imagine going through life and not experiencing that and then be married and have to process and deal with that. Yeah. You know, um, tell me some of the influences you've had in your life. One of the things I always ask people are five influential people in your life. Who are five people that influenced you? Um. I will say, I will say you, uh, you're you're one of them. Um, well, thank you. Um, I got into gang culture. Um, my leader in that is is another person, um, and I just met him uh, maybe like two years ago. Yeah, um, it's kind of winging it by myself for a little minute, um, talking to a lot of people that was incarcerated and stuff like that. And, uh, faded from that after I met him and he helped me through a lot, slowed me down, um, helped me to understand patience and you don't have to move on everything. Right. You could just sit back and watch stuff, clear the path for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. Um, let's see. Can't, you don't have five? I don't have five. Okay. I don't okay. have five. I'm just asking. The question yeah. is five. Because you know it. it if you don't it take have a, five. It's take a different kind of individual to stick right. out to me. I ain't well, going to lie you know, to you. Well, you know, one of the challenges, and I said in our relationship, knowing each other for 10 years, you know, I've always been the businessman, reading books, trying mm-hmm. to expose you to business things, trying to help you to start your own business. But when you mentioned, you know, being in the drug life and things, where was AJ when you when you decided to go into the drug thing? Oh, you was nowhere. Nowhere to be found. He was nowhere. I wouldn't. I wouldn't contact you while I was doing right. stuff like that. And that's how I always knew that's where you were. <clears throat> you know, because you you would come in business, 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 and then all of a sudden Jonathan gone, and AJ just kept doing what he had to do. Yeah, and I had I, did, I didn't feel no type of way I ever. Didn't, I don't chase you. I don't beg you. You know, I was like, I know I ain't living right. I ain't even gonna bring that around him. It was and, a respect thing. And when when you decided to get right, what did you do? We got back together. You I ready? You. Okay, let's go. I remember one time I didn't even know how to find you. One time, man, and I, it was it was so crazy. I had lost your number. I found your number on some humbug stuff and. It was, it was like I was going through my papers that, that I just keep for years, uh-huh. and I just opened a book, and your number was there on a piece of paper. Wow. 
And okay. I was like, that's crazy. That and I called crazy. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and I didn't want people to think that we were together this whole 10 years. There was there were periods of time where we were in and out. But, you know, I know from my heart was when you came around me, you was ready to do business. Yeah. You know, because I don't have time for that other stuff. And my my one of my other favorite mantras is if it don't make dollars, it don't, don't make, make sense. sense. Yeah. You know, I'm about trying to help people make money. And one of the things I respected about you and the reason why I hung around a lot was because of the fact that you would read. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I try to mentor and be with and help, they don't want to read, which makes it difficult. Very. You know, when, when, when you, you know, I could sit down and talk to you for hours, but I'm still not going to give you everything that you need. Mm -hmm. Whereas you can read that book and gain 25 years of experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I say read the book and then let's talk. Right. And we used to do that a lot. Exactly. Exactly. What were some of your favorite books that you read? Man, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, that, that, that is definitely um, Emotional Intelligence, even though I didn't finish it. Okay. That, that book it it really it really helped me understand the brain and uh what the brain goes through when um, it's stressed and yeah you know, uh -huh. and that you know even though even still to this day i haven't fully gotten my anger in control but i don't explode as much as i would if i never read that book right 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 and i've seen growth you know a lot of people in my family that know you you know, they laugh because, you know, they see you, well, they saw you a few years ago, but I always remember Jonathan at 17. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I said, look, y'all can say what y'all want, this man's come a long way and ain't no telling where he going to be in another 10 years. You know, as long as he continue to hang around and, and do what he need to do, he could be the next millionaire, you know, and I, that's one of the things that I want for you and your family is to be that because I always tell people, you know, you can focus on the past, you can focus on the hurts and the pains of life, but the greatest revenge you could ever give is what? Success. Say that again? Success. Exactly. When you succeed, all of those people going to have to just shut down and shut up. Mm -hmm. And they'll be coming at you then so for, with their hand out. Yeah. You know, and, but I'll and be that's unreachable. the thing. I'll be unreachable. But that's the thing. That's the way, that's the way you beat everybody, succeed. succeed. Yeah. You know, and um, and we always going to have naysayers. I mean, they talked about Jesus. They talked about everybody who, mm -hmm. who you name a famous person. Right. That wasn't talked about. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you, he probably wasn't too famous. Yeah. You know, because everybody, when you stick your head up, somebody's going to take a shot at you. Yeah. And that's OK. You know, um, so getting back to um, being in jail, getting out of jail. And I do recall one of the things um, you said that helped you. I'm, I'm going to see if you remember this. You said it helped you to calm down and not to decide not to go back to jail. And this was when you were 17. You said when you got your GED, um, you were in the judge's chambers mm -hmm. and Pops cried for the first time. Yes, that was the first time you had ever seen him cry mm -hmm. about anything. And the fact that he cried let you know that he cared enough about you, even though he didn't express it mm -hmm. in a in a fatherly way, but it showed that he had some compassion for you. You know, you remember saying that to me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. At the moment, it meant something to me. It did. Yeah. It did. You know, that's why I say I got to give him some respect for the things that he's done for you, food, water, and shelter. And that's about it. <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and well, let me ask you a question. You know, we, we have time. Why do you think that is? 
He didn't have it. Exactly. He didn't have any of that. Because he can't give what he don't yeah, have, yeah, can he? Exactly. And it, it took me a long time to realize that. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at who taught him and who trained him. Yeah. It you honestly know? took me... Um, it took me up until, you know, what I found out just recently, uh-huh. you know, um, that he's actually isn't my father. Right. right and right. Um, because it, it, it got it get to a point, you know, you're going to always try to make a relationship with your father. And mm-hmm. now it all makes sense. It makes sense. And to it's you. a and it's always been a waste of time. Right. Now I want you to slow down with that because you 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 taking me to the next point. You said you found out that he wasn't your father meaning that he wasn't your biological father right okay um he's definitely not your spiritual father but at the same time like you say he is a natural father to you father figure dysfunctional as it may be because right, right, he's right. been there and he's is he as is that. there you see what i'm saying he's been in that father figure role but to find out that he wasn't your biological father Tell us a little bit about that. You know, um, let's start at the beginning when you were born and the relationship. I knew. You know, what, I, what what have you heard? I I didn't hear anything until December of last year. No, no. What I'm talking about is let's go back to, you know, what you what you heard about you when you were born because you you know I remember you telling me that oh, your mother. They, they you just know, they what, just what, told what happened with your mom. First, how did how did he get custody of you and all of that? What happened? You were born and what happened? What did mom do? See, I still don't even know that. Okay. Um, what? It's weird because he's on my birth certificate as my biological father. Okay. Um, which is weird. Um, they when when my mother left me, she left me with people that she didn't even know herself and that was treating her wrong. Okay. So I was left with a random family. So this is the family that you were left with. This is Pops and his people. Right, right, right. His name was on the birth certificate. And where where did mom go? I I was initially under my grandmother, which was his mother. His mother. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, she was older than him, apparently. Mm -hmm. And uh, she started to get sick. She started to get sick. And, um... They uh, transferred the custody to him okay. at that point uh, because she wasn't uh, capable. Okay. So, mom, let's go back to birth. Mm-hmm. Mom, when you were born, she basically left you with people that weren't related to you. Right. But you didn't know that. Nah, nah. At the I was time. A, I was about seven months, I think. Seven when she months left. old yeah. when she left. Yeah. Now, what kind of contact have you had with your mother over the years? No physical, and the first time that I ever heard her voice, I was 17, and it was December, and my birthday is in January, so I was a month shy of 18. Okay, how did that how did that conversation come about? Uh, my ex found her on Facebook. Your um, ex-girlfriend? Yeah, my okay. ex-girlfriend found her on Facebook, and um, she just gave her my number, and uh, she called me one day. And was like, hey, I'm your mom. And I was like, look, woman, uh, stop playing on my phone. You know what I mean? Uh, my mother's non-existent. She's nowhere. And I said, uh, if you are my mother, then what's my birthday? Um, she didn't know my birthday. Um, I asked her. I don't know what I asked her. But I asked her a couple more questions. Something that a mother would know. And she just was like, I don't know. I was like, and I just went to, I, I just went to uh, pop and, you know, asked him. I was like, yo, this, this woman saying she my mother, you would know. Mm-hmm. And you know they talk for a couple seconds, 
And uh, he gave me the phone. He said, yeah, that's your mother. So there were no conversations about your mother the entire time you were growing up? Nah, because that means... Up until that, 17. That, that's the first time you had talked to her, yeah, heard her voice. Yeah, first wow. time. Wow. Wow. He never said or showed you a picture of her. Actually, said, your mom lives this was, here. Your mom this was the there. same year that we met. Yes, I remember. Yeah, that's, I remember. That's I remember the crazy. phone call. Yeah, yeah. I remember. You, we <laughs> talked about that. You know, the phone call that you received. But um, now, how many since seventeen? How many times have you talked to her? Um, I probably can count on my hand. Um, it was it was only a couple of times that I talked to her. Um, I tried to. I, I went to New York to uh, go. When well, I went, didn't go to go see her, but I was going to New York. Uh, one of one of my. Uh, at the time was one of my friends and um you know i called her because she she told me if i'm ever close you know hit her and you know maybe we can meet or something like that so i was like i just touched down in manhattan i said it's a perfect time to contact my mother to you know go see her because i mean jersey is right next to new york that's where she was yeah yeah that's where she's that's she that's where she born and I guess raised. Okay. Um, How many other brothers and sisters? I mean, she has a lot of other nine. children. She has nine children. Yeah, nine other children. Nine other children. So yeah, total ten, of ten total. Total ten. Wow. Do you know what number you were? Uh, Did she ever tell you what number? F- anywhere from four to six. Okay. I, I I wrote it down on a paper because I was talking to a few of them, but mm-hmm. a lot of them are like prejudiced, mm-hmm. and even the ones that say they aren't. They still are. Right. You know, you could just tell. Right. So when you mean prejudice, that means she's Caucasian or she's Italian. That, or what is- see, that's the thing. I don't think she's Caucasian, but her kids are Caucasian because they were their father is a, is a Caucasian man. Oh, OK. But okay. she doesn't look Caucasian. Her hair isn't even like it curls. It doesn't fall down. Huh. You know what I mean? I, she I've, could be Italian. Yeah. Okay. She says she's uh, Italian and uh, Puerto Rican, uh, okay. and she doesn't know her father either because of how she was born. Wow! Yeah, isn't that interesting? She would never know her father. Yeah, he's under probably, no circumstances. No, no, you know, her mother was a prostitute. Her mother was a prostitute, and that's how she was born. Wow! So she would never ever know who no, her father was. Not at all. <laughs> It'd be. It'll be unbelievable if she found out. Right. Some DNA test somewhere. She just, the only way to do it is DNA. Yeah. So. To find her family. That is amazing. Um, now, she didn't get into prostitution, did she? Um, I'm sure she did. Um, she was on drugs. Uh, she was on drugs when she was pregnant with me. Uh, I was born with drugs in my body. Oh, wow. Okay. I think, I think they said pills and something else maybe. Okay, okay. So mom had a rough life too. Yeah, yeah. And she, she gave you up at seven months and moved back to Jersey. Mm-hmm. And your grandmother was raising you. Yeah. Um. Then she she had some um health challenges and custody Alzheimer's, got transferred to be exact. Okay, Alzheimer's. She got transferred to your dad, pops. Mm-hmm. And, and he was always there. He was living in the same house and oh, stuff. Okay, yeah, okay. She just had custody because. I, you, you know, were in school and you have to have custody. Yeah, to to school. and she was just guardian. she was somebody that just she would she would take somebody's life if they did anything to me. She was overprotective to the ninth degree, like like nobody else. And 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 I think that's why a lot of people in that family didn't like me because she treated me differently than everybody, even people that would come from her. Right. You know, and I think they envied that. 
Oh, but okay. she realized that I literally had nobody. Nobody. Yeah. That made that relationship special. Yeah. And, you know, in family, this is one thing I try to tell people in, in, with family. It has to go beyond biological. Yeah. You know, because if you just look at biological family, then you're going to miss a larger family that you can become a part of. Oh, yeah. Because you got a spiritual family. You know, you got a natural family, but you also can have a spiritual family and, you know, spiritual parents as well. You know, so so that's a part of the growth. And I know that when, you know, dealing with her death, because we had talked about it before, Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, a lot of times when we talked about it, rather, you were kind of stuck mm-hmm. there in the past. And what was one of the things that you remember we talked about that really let you um, set you free a little bit in, in, in dealing with that and letting some of that go? You remember that conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was, you know, I was just thinking about her I, for the first time. I just thought about what she would think uh-huh. and what she would want. And, you know, I just for some reason I knew in my heart that she would she would not want me to be mad at any of them. Right. She would just want me to live my life and succeed. And that's it. She wants the best for you. Yeah. You know, and to see you do anything less than best would really break her heart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think I remember having that conversation with you because a lot of people think that I got to be stuck there. That's how I show love. But no, you show love by succeeding. You mm-hmm. show love by progressing. Because even with me and, and your father yourself, you would not want your children to sit down and give up if something was to happen to you. Nah. You know what I'm saying? I got six children. I, I don't want them to do that. I want them to thrive. Yeah. I don't want them to just survive. You know, I want them to thrive and make the next generation better. And one of the things that I see, I'll see that I say, I'll say to you too is, the fact that you're starting, you, you're on a journey to grow, mm-hmm. you're changing the next generation. Oh, yeah, definitely. My you son know? is totally different than I was when I was coming up. Exactly. Totally different. Exactly. And if I was, if I had what I was giving him, I would have been the same way because I watch him play. He plays the exact same way. He He yearns for me and him to have a relationship the same way I wanted to have a relationship with who I thought was my father. Right. And it, it's almost exact. I mean, even the things that he likes, he likes like play with rocks and He's everything. Dinosaurs. dinosaurs yeah. But everything. the thing is the fact that the fact that you are there and he's secure in that relationship will change the trajectory of the relationship yeah. and him, you know, more so that you don't want him to go to, go to detention, go to jail and you nah. know, deal with anger and you know what I'm saying? All those negative things about you, you want him to transcend those things. And that's the that's I say is a real uh value of having a father figure in your life. Yeah. You know, and and not having a father myself, I had to learn. Just like yeah. you had to learn. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or we could we could just we could just grab the sheet and say, well, hey, um I didn't have a father. That's no excuse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We figured it out. Because at 18 <laughs> years old, you know, you, you're responsible. Yeah. 100% responsible for what comes out of your mouth and the actions that you take. So we had to learn some things. And reading really helped a lot. Yeah. And associating helped a lot. Building support systems and networks helped a lot. Because now your child will be exposed to things that you weren't exposed to at a younger age. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the blessing that comes out of it. You know, so um, with... Um, your wife challenges still there with yeah. with her. Um, how was she 
been supportive with of you going through the issues with finding out that pop's not your dad, um, mom. Well, let, let me let me back up before I ask that question. Tell me about the day that you found out that he wasn't your fa- biological father. Okay. Your aunt came over. Um, yeah, his sister came over. Um, because we we truly never had a relationship either. So right. I wouldn't even. Right. I wouldn't. I even even before I found out, I wouldn't even consider her my aunt. Okay, you know. What but I mean? she's still his sister. Yeah. Right. His sister. You know, I I wasn't even at the house. I was at my homeboy house and. Um, uh, my wife called me and, you know, it was like, um, uh, she came over there and I was like, look, don't talk to that lady. That lady ain't no good. Uh-uh. And, you know, she was like, look, I was already talking to her and she said some stuff that I think you need to hear. Uh, you probably should come home and talk to her. So I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, I got in the car and, uh, came home, you know, was talking to her. She wanted to hug me. Um, I thought that was the weirdest thing. It really made me really uncomfortable and I didn't want to do that. Um, but I did just out of respect. Um, but you know, she looked me dead in my face and she said that, um, you know, he's not your father, right? This is the end of part one for this exceptional interview. Go and check out part two to conclude this interview. Also check us out on Facebook and Instagram at quadrant studios one to support our growth in the Richmond area and beyond.